Hey everyone, welcome to Village Church Q&A. I'm Amanda and I'm here with Pastor Michael. And today we're gonna be talking about... Communion! (laughs) And specifically, how often (laughs) should churches practice communion? Because I I think definitely we should practice communion. Oh, I'm glad you have that down. Yes, you got that (laughs) down. But how often? I'm like, I don't know. Is there something that's... The scripture talks about frequency. I know Mm. that my um, previous... uh, community group leader she was like oh i just wish i could go to a church that did it every week and i was like she was catholic and she was catholic yes formally so and i i didn't make the connection then but i could see how that would be important to her if you've been raised oh yeah if you're if you're if you grew up catholic uh, and you left catholicism and you became a protestant you you suffer from a very real condition called catholic guilt it's a thing Mm. and uh, so you grow up with these habits and patterns that have for the Roman Catholic Church, the, this inherent spiritual weight to them. So think about like communion, for example. In the Catholic Church, they they practice what's called transubstantiation. How many syllables is that? Transubstantiation. Six syllable word. Yeah. And what that means is is that they believe the elements turn into the literal body and blood of Jesus. So that when you take this sacrament, it's a requirement for salvation. It's a it is that's serious. Weighty. It's yeah. very sacred and it's serious. Yeah. And then imagine you become like a Protestant and you're like, oh yeah, we do it monthly, like in remembrance. And that's Whenever about it, you know? it fits into our and schedule. It, yeah. And know? it feels like a, a letdown. And and honestly, if you sit down with a handful of Protestant pastors, they're like, yeah, we fit it into our schedule and we can. And and that's kind of the 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 motto that a lot of Protestantism has taken on. And so um, I think you hit one thing in the head, which is it's really important and it should be, I would say, must be practiced. It's yeah. uh, one of the two ordinances. That's the word that Protestants use. You have baptism, you have communion. Okay. Uh, those are symbols that symbolize the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, so baptism, the uh, dead to sin, rising out of the water, Jesus died, rose again from the dead, symbolizes the gospel. Communion symbolizes the body of Jesus, the shed blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just say it's really important. But that's the question is how often, how frequent? Yeah. And there's two... Two views, very simple. Okay. One view is weekly, and the other view is less often. Mm, <laughs> so leaves it wide open to whatever a correct. church feels comfortable with. And you can believe it's less often, but do it as frequently as you want. In fact, you could do it three times a week. And so if you go to some Roman Catholic church, churches or schools, mm-hmm. uh, the schools will have daily mass. And so communion is served every single day um, in, the, in those places. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just, let's, let's get down to the, um, the core of this, which uh, comes from the book of, let's see here, Matthew. And um, basically Matthew says, when you do this, do this in remembrance of me. When you do, here's the When? Now, here's the trick. Mm. This is where it gets complicated. Um, they did what they were celebrating that first Lord's Supper um, was Passover, which was an annual celebration. Mm. So the, one, the people who will say less frequently, they go back to the text of it and they say, well, that was an annual celebration. And it's interesting because what Jesus is doing is he's taking um, Passover and he's showing them that Passover was this annual celebration that ultimately symbolized and pointed to the Messiah, to Jesus himself. What he's saying to them is Passover is being fulfilled through my death. I am the shed. I'm the lamb of God whose blood is shed for the sins of the world. No longer do you need to shed the blood of lambs and and whatnot. I am the lamb. And so it's interesting when he says, when you do this, uh, the early church began the practice of weekly 
communion, if you will, on okay. the first on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. So Passover was on a Saturday. The church moved it to Sunday, the resurrection, uh, the day of the resurrection. And from the early church, they interpreted this as we do this every single week. We don't just do it once a year when we celebrate Passover. Um, but over time, um, d- different parts of the world would celebrate it monthly or quarterly or annually. And and if you go through the last 2,000 years of church history, the church has been all over the place on the frequency that they've done it. Now, if you stick with the Roman Catholic Church, they've been really consistent. They yeah. they do it every single Sunday, first day of the week, and they're very just faithful to to that. Um, but the the reason people will say we don't have to do it every week is because Jesus didn't command it. Their interpretation would be, he said, when you celebrate Passover, you know. Um, hmm. So in the Protestant church, it is really normal on the first or the last Sunday of the month. That's when they'll celebrate it. Okay. Some people do trimesterly. Some people do quarterly. Some people do annually. Um, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the arguments in Protestant circles about not doing it weekly is, um, and I've heard this so many times, if you do it too much, it doesn't mean anything. Hmm. Really practically, no wrong answer. Like nobody's judging. Except for all of them. Um, <laughs> When we we do communion weekly, yeah, um, does it does it get stale for you? Are there are there weeks or months on end when you're just like yeah yeah yeah? I think that that time because we always have that time of silence just mm-hmm. to meet with the Lord is yep. always meaningful. Yep. So I don't know if that would have to happen mm-hmm. um, or always accompanying the communion, but it always has me reflecting on my yep. heart and just that gratefulness that yep. I have for whether it's that he died on the cross or mm-hmm. something else that he has done in the week. Yep. So I would never want to lose that time. Um, but I mm-hmm. get when you're specifically reflecting yep. on the resurrection mm-hmm. that I could see a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, what's interesting for me is uh, being the one most of the time to, to like lead it. It's it, for me, it is, um, it is not ever. So I say the same scripture every week, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. it's in my brain and then I don't know why it just does not lose its meaning. And mm-hmm. I've been doing that for nine, 10 years now Yeah, at Village Church since we went to weekly communion. And uh, every time I say it, I, I believe it thoroughly. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, like, I don't have to fake that. I don't have yeah. to like practice it and then slow it down to make it more, yeah. you know, meaningful. I feel like it kind of like zooms you back yeah. to like where they were and it's happening yep. and you're like, we're doing it again, yep. you know? But I, I also remember as a kid, uh, honestly, all the way through high school, um, it was like, oh, communion, you know, and then take forever. That moment of silence was like, for the love of God, just hurry up. Just you know, you we, know? we never had a moment of silence growing up. I grew up Presbyterian. Okay. Up? Yeah. Evangelical. Yeah. Well, I mean, Presbyterians are evangelical, but you, non-denominational, but, right? No, it was evangelical. Non-denominational is evangelical. Well, yeah, yeah it morphed into non-denominational, yeah. but um, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, we never had like the was moment. Was the of, church that I knew you went to before Village Church? Nope. That, no. No. Where did you, like, what city did you grow up in? Um, Buffalo Grove. Okay. I went to Our Savior Evangelical Free Church. Oh, yeah. And that is where. That is literally evangelical. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> literally Surprise. evangelical. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, how often, let me tell you why we moved to, from monthly okay. to weekly. Um, when I became the lead pastor, I had been at the Ville Church for seven or eight years at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, our church uh, um, had a couple, I would just call them uh, problems that I was not comfortable with. One of which was um, the Bible became almost more important than Jesus. 
was very interesting. So if you called our church, you'd hear voicemail. And, and none of it was bad intentioned, but it's, we are a Bible-centered church. Um, well, you've reached the little church. We're a Bible-centered church. We teach the Bible. Like it was Bible, Bible, Bible. And don't get me wrong. I'm a Bible teacher. I right. love the Bible. <laughs> right. Um, but it's interesting that the Bible is the gift and the gift giver is God himself. And there was, there was this interesting um, obsession with knowledge, maturity equaled knowledge of the Bible. Also, we were going through a lot as a church when I came out and transitioned into that. We'd lost a senior pastor. A lot of people left the church, a lot of pain. And um, it was interesting because the solution to our church healing was not more Bible, but it was Jesus. And so I also noticed that for years and years at Village Church, um, whether it was the Old Testament or the New Testament, whatever we were teaching, um, it was rare that the gospel was talked about. Um, and um, and there, there's a, a tradition of Bible teaching, which is um, you just, you preach the text as it is in its context. Well, if you're in the Old Testament, the Old Testament is not mentioned in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So there, there would be times where it would be rare that the gospel is even talked about. Um, and so what, what happened is it would be talked about at communion and that was kind of the scope of it. Okay. Um, what I wanted to do is uh, I believe that the church needed to shift to more of being about God. Unless, I mean, not that, I guess I say that loosely, but explicitly, even in our vocabulary, mm. um, I also wanted to see some major healing happen. And I believe that that really was going to be happening when we rooted ourselves in the gospel. Um, I also wanted to uh, make sure that in every single service, we had a reason to talk about the gospel. There was all these reasons kind yeah. of converged together. And it doesn't mean yeah. that the people or the lead. I mean, there's, this, there's literally no indictment on anybody when I say that. Yeah. But we needed, we needed something different. So we shifted the practice mm -hmm. and it, we went through a lot of discussion as a church before we shifted, like the questions like, oh, aren't we going to get stale? Isn't this what Catholics do? People are going to be confused. And, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, we made the transition and it was interesting how it sort of, we changed how we preached. We changed, um, the, the quantity of times we did communion. Um, and it really did begin to change a whole lot of things in a really helpful way. So that you could never go to a church service without us talking about the gospel. It wasn't even possible. Right. And so the only times we don't do communion are when we do baptisms because the gospel okay. is still central when we do that. So it's not like a law. Like I'm not sitting here like, oh, if we don't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's more or less to say as a church, um, we I know historically how easy it is for this community to get obsessed with Bible knowledge and get away from the person. And I want to make sure that we prioritize the person um, above knowledge of the Bible. Now, don't get me wrong. I want to be smart with the Bible, um, but I want to know God more. Okay. You know what I mean? And yeah. I get it. You know, God, by knowing the Bible. I get all that. Yes. But it's really easy to make the Bible and knowledge of it the most important thing rather than um, a relationship with God through faith in Christ. And I love this. He's like, remember, remember what I did for you. Well, how, yeah. how terrible can that be for your soul? To yeah, that right. So it's been really, I think, healthy. Mm -hmm. And um, it was interesting because when COVID hit, there was like a couple months where we did not do it uh, just because it was, we're on video. It was weird. It was challenging. Yeah. And we started to do it every once in a while. But even that was just our way of saying like, this isn't a law. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're going to get back to it. And we did. And now we do it every week. And we've yeah. been doing that since August. But it was interesting even taking a couple months off. But the what happened is people would, people would say, oh, can we just do a communion? I just missed that, you mm. know? And, um, but I appreciate that our churches use this to kind of just center ourselves and say, I want to do everything the word of God just said in our preaching, but, but the main thing is the main thing, Yeah, you know, and that, that has been really helpful for our community. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor Michael, mm -hmm. for that answer. Next time we're going to mm -hmm. be discussing the heavy topic of, can God forgive me if I had an abortion? 